Yo, what's poppin'? It's the Hyphenate. Welcome back to another episode of the Down Me Podcast. Today's special guest is a legendary, though still super young, <laughs> legendary radio personality, TV personality, talent manager. She's a beast. She does it all. Today's special <laughs> guest, Yessie Ortiz. What's wow, poppin', Yessie? thank you. I'm gonna have you do my draw for me. Oh, I got you. I got you all day. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for being here. I'm super hyped. I met you at an event from a mutual friend of ours. Named Adela, she runs the La- the Lauda Foundation, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit that does a lot of great things for the community. Yeah, there's a lot more special. I don't know. There's a special feeling that you get yeah. when you're working with community um, that is really indescribable. Yeah. At least I know. I, and you know, it's so funny because when we met, I was trying to adjust the next acts um like uh audio equipment and you come oh, up that's right you come up you're like do you help with that i'm like um i think what we need is a auxiliary cord and you're like i don't know too much but i could try and you were like lending a hand come to find out you're a man that runs so much behind the scenes <laughs> and you were just like so calm cool cool like I can help you out. Let me see. I don't know much. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's got cameras rolling. He's got the board. He's got an amazing studio. So, like, yeah, you got you, hats off to you too, man. I want to give you your props. Uh, I, as I, well. I, I'm I'm pretty familiar with like the tech side. Like, I'm a big nerd. Like, aside from obviously like being on camera, being on the mic, and stuff like that. Behind the scenes, I do a lot of stuff, and like. But I don't want, like to like step on people's toes, or I don't want to feel make yeah. someone feel like I'm like, oh here. <laughs> I get you. Know? you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like if you need help, like I kind of yeah. know stuff, but like, right, but yeah. no, you really do know stuff. <laughs> I know I'm so you're humble about it. I get uh, it. I get it. But uh, a few weeks ago, there was another Lada Foundation event, different than the ones before, and uh, Adela hits me up like, hey, like you know, we need some production work for this uh, last minute event. Can you come? Can you and your team come and be a part of that? I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then you were hosting that, and then that's where we met. And yeah. that's where we met, yes. And Adela and I were having this conversation offline. She goes, "Can you be the MC? It's a, uh, it's in, it's gonna be mostly in Spanish." I go, "Adela, I'm Spain. I speak Spanglish. <laughs> like, though Spanish was my first language, English, uh, English is a lot more natural to me. Obviously, yeah. growing up, born and raised in, in the United States, but like, uh, you know." You kind of lose a little bit. You do. So unless you're really practicing it, practicing it like consistently in Spanish, like yeah, we like I can't keep up. Yeah, and it's and it's only until you start getting in your rhythm that you can keep up again. Like you yeah. got it. You got to go over a few of the stumbles, and then in your <laughs> yeah. brain you're thinking Spanish, but coming out is English, <laughs> and then all of a sudden your words get all twisted. Yeah, for sure. And now you're stumbling over your words. Yeah. So I, that's happened to me a lot <laughs> over the years. It's but. like uh, it's the Selena movie. The yeah, so, soy muy muy. muy Excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. No, I love uh, that movie. Yeah. So that's exactly how I felt on stage. I'm like, um, pero este como. <laughs> and then after a while, I think I finally got my rhythm back. And Adela's like, see, she can speak Spanish, you guys. And I'm like, yeah. okay, because I had I needed a second. You that's know? funny. My brain needed to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> but you did great. You did great. So oh, you hosted you. that. And uh, we'll talk more about all the things you do with the community. Um, but let's first talk a little bit more about what you're really known for, which is radio, yeah. TV, et cetera. Starting off with radio. Yeah. I remember coming across you because I was, uh, especially like growing up, an, like nonstop Power 106 listener. Yeah. So I was listening to that. And then I remember you came into the scene. Uh, but let's, before, yeah. before you got to Power 106, what got you interested in radio, being a radio personality, et cetera? Um, I think, you know, kind of goes back to my childhood like for real i my mom um was definitely a huge fan of music and i think that's where i 
gained my love and passion for it. My mom was, my mom came here um, undocumented. She became a naturalized citizen. So she, you know, got her citizenship later on in life. But, you know, she was also learning to speak English. And a lot of the way she spoke, a lot of the times the way she learned was through listening to English music. You oh, know, wow. she liked the BG. She loved the BGs. She loves, you know, um, Madonna, Michael Jackson. That's, you know, so. that's how my grandma was. My grandma, uh, she didn't speak a lot of English, but like always listening to the BGs. Listening, yeah, the listening BGs. to BGs. Yeah, so yeah they, she that was, that was a vibe, and so she was listening a lot to that. She she remarried, and I just remember her being really happy when music came on. Yeah. You know, my mom was a very social. She's very social butterfly. Um, and then, but when music was off, you know, it was like, hurry up and eat, get to school, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, she's mean. <laughs> um, but, you know, she had her reasons, obviously, probably because I was a chamaca, who knows. But I think um, in the end, there that's what sparked the passion for music. Mm -hmm. And then I went to school and I started taking ESL classes because Spanish was my first language. But, right. And being the only little brown girl, I went to, I actually... A lot of people don't know that I actually went to school in Orange County. So I went to school in a very predominantly white neighborhood. And you lived there? And I lived in Orange mm -hmm. County. Yeah, we lived in, we shared an apartment space with another family. We had a, you know, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were that stereotype, you know, of course I'll say it. And um, I went to school in a predominantly white neighborhood and white school. And it, I heard, you know, go don't speak Spanish. I heard go back to where you came from. I heard you don't belong here. Wet back. What part of Orange County? Uh, Laguna Hills. Okay. Yeah. So oh, okay, super, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super Orange County. <laughs> Orange County. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of Orange County is like way more chill. But yeah, there are parts that are that like... That part in particular yeah. was really... Yeah. And so um, that that whole area, every time I say Laguna Hills, oh, you were rich. I'm like, no, we weren't rich. Like we lived in with other families in an apartment. And then when we could, we had all the other families living together. Yeah. You know, my mom worked her butt off to get her own place. And she she worked her butt off to 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 do what she can to maintain um for the for her for us yeah but um it was really hard as a kid so how many I, siblings at that time so my mom ended up having my sister and i from the same father mm -hmm. and she had two more kids with the second man that she remarried okay so four of us total in orange county in orange county yeah in that, in that apartment yeah in that apartment wow yeah and then when my mom was able to like really make something and she got herself a little um own condo so we oh, got nice. our own condo yeah and so we were living there and um i remember going to school and just like feeling really awkward and so my name is spelled with a y y-e-s-i-k-a it's yesica oh okay 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 so everyone's always like yesica yesica yeska you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and so going to school was really hard for me why? Because they and would make fun of you? They would make fun of me. Mm -hmm. And the teachers wouldn't know how to pronounce my name. And they didn't really care to learn how to pronounce my name. So I got, so there's one teacher said, I'm going to just say Jessica. And that's just stuck. It completely changed it. <laughs> completely changed it. I mean, it's not that it's hard. Not, it's Jessica. Yeah. I right? mean, you can say but, it like with super, without any Spanish experience, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> yeah, not hard. It's not that hard. But she, you know, I remember Jessica. And then that just stayed with me. So you went by Jessica. I went by Jessica. Oh, wow. And I changed it because nobody knew how to say my name. So like I changed it, right? This is a really long story about how I got into radio, by yeah, the yeah, way. No, no, no worries. That's, uh, I mean, luckily, <laughs> luckily really this is a podcast story. where we're able to do long form content. So it's like. <laughs> okay. I, I promise you, I got to, I, I promise you, I will get to that point. Uh, so I end up. <laughs> I'm here for the long stories. Fast forward to graduation, like, like right around junior year, sophomore, junior year is that I realized 
I'm beautiful. Like I'm brown. I'm Latina. So you started to embrace. And yourself. I started to embrace my identity. Yeah. I started to embrace my culture because you know you can get really you get told so much about not to be it one way. You, yeah. It could destroy you and it could take away your identity and mm -hmm. it could take away who you are and what you stand for. And um, and I was listening to radio a lot yeah. at that time. You know, 90s. You're listening to radio. You're not. You're not. Spotify what genre yet. are you listening to mostly? Hip hop, okay, mostly okay. hip hop. I'm listening to a little bit of pop as well because my mom listened to pop. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Spanish music was a major influence you, in our household. When you flipped the radio on, it was predominantly hip -hop. English hip hop. Okay. Yeah, and it was actually like hip hop and K rock. Okay, so, so I was listening to both like like the hip hop world and like the K rock yeah. world, like the alternative world. Right? Yeah. It was Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm listening to both, but there was something about the station of Power 106, you're listening to people like Josefa Salinas mm -hmm. say their name, um, the Baker Boys, the two fat Mexicans yeah. say their name, you know, Nick and Eric V, you're, talk, you're hearing uh, Narica de la Cruz on yeah. the radio. You're hearing these names that sound very familiar right. to who your identity would, is. The Power 106 was never scared of being diverse. Right, right. And then you had At least from before... It's still real 92.3, but back then it was 92.3, the beat, mm -hmm. right? So it was yeah. a beat back then, and you're listening to different identities. And yeah. I just was drawn to it, plus the love of my mom's music, and yeah. just that made me happy. It was my escape. Aside from listening to music, was there a radio personality that you enjoyed listening to that would speak like like any any no okay I so it was just the songs just was the songs it was the music and then people with these names that sounded similar to like what my names would gotcha. be like so at that time I didn't really still think that radio was something for me I just thought as it as I thought of it as a dream mm -hmm. and like man that's that's really cool that's really cool and I just loved it loved the idea yeah as I got to graduation as I start to find out my my identity more and embrace who I am more and love who I am. Graduation more. of high school. Graduation of high school. I was like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? I really enjoy helping people out. I'm always one to, you know, be the first to try and help and clean and pick up and, you know, um, and there was something about my mom's, my mom's entire family, like my aunts, a lot of my aunts, a lot of my uncles worked at the hospital. They worked at in the housekeeping department or, um, you know, storage, central service. They called it central service where all they kept all the storages, all, all the storage, uh, yeah. extra bags of IV and they would take it to the different departments and stuff like that. So um, my mom was like, just go work at the hospital. I'm like, I don't want to go work in housekeeping at the hospital. Yeah. Like, I don't want to work at the hospital. And she was like, well, find another job. Go work at the hospital. Go be a nurse. You know, so the, was I, there any like push to go to college? Because this is after high school? This was after high school, yeah. Were you going to college or you were not I going was, to college at the time? I wasn't going to go to college, but then my mom kept saying, you know, like, go to go to school, go to go to school, go to college. But so, Okay, so what was like your direction at least? Or what did you feel like, like what was the plan with if you didn't, without going to college? I didn't have a plan. That's the thing. I, oh, okay. I didn't so have a plan. You were just like, okay, I guess I'll get a job? I guess I'll get a job. And okay, okay. Yeah, I worked. I for sure worked. Okay, I worked okay. at Mrs. Fields Bakery. Shout out to Mrs. Fields. I have the <laughs> best cookies. Yeah. I worked at Mrs. Fields. I worked at Macy's. I worked at the jewelry store. Okay, so you I, went straight I, into like work mode though. I had been, actually, I'd been working since I was like 14. Oh, wow. I had been working since I was 14. I've never not had a job. Wow. I worked at a, uh, a small market, yeah. a Mexican market. I worked at the In jewelry store. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Um, so I was always working. Yeah. 
you're already used to grind and get paid. Yeah. That like, it's almost like not exciting to go to school. When I was already working. And you're already was, making money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was 17 and I was the like assistant supervisor at Mrs. Fields. And I was like, I'm getting money. You yeah. know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what am I going to go to school for? <laughs> I'm working already. Right. But no, my mom was like, it's a career. you got to get a career. Right. You got to get a career. And I didn't understand that. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right, F it. I'll try nursing. Started taking uh, some anatomy courses at Settleback College. You know, try to see if I, that was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. I got a job at the hospital in the outpatient pharmacy. And I was making like medication deliveries and I was working the pharmacy front, doing storage. Yeah. Just wasn't for you. Wasn't for me. I was really good at it. Yeah. I was really good at it. Um, so much that I like said I was going to quit a couple of times because I was ready to bounce. And they're like, we'll give you a raise if you stay. Oh, that is, <laughs> that is like an anchor that people don't realize is an anchor. Like I have a, quite a few friends that have gone down that route in whatever jobs yeah. uh, is it's not for them. They know it's not for them. And when they tell me about it, I can tell like, yo, this is not going to make you happy. Take struggle a little bit longer and go find something that's better for you. And then they're ready to bounce. And then same thing. Oh, we'll give you a promotion. We'll give you a raise. And then, uh, all right, all I'll, right stay. I'll stay. And then <laughs> and I tell them, yo, it's probably not going to fulfill you. Yeah. Not even probably. I know it's not going to fulfill you. You're going to take this and yeah. all it's going to do is just kind of put you down deeper mm-hmm. in that abyss right. of something that you're not going to be happy. And then sure <laughs> enough, like three, four times of that for like a year and a half, two years, that always, ha- like it just always happens. Like, it, oh, I'm going to leave. We'll give you this now. Yeah. I'll stay. And then oh, I'm gonna, I can't stand it. I hate this thing. I'm going to leave. Okay, yeah. I'll stay because of another offer. Exactly. And then it's just like years go by and you're still there. And it's like, still- and you're not happy. So that's good that you were like able to at least see that in yourself and not get stuck in that for too long right i could have gotten stuck in it because it was a really great opportunity for me to continue to grow within Mm -hmm. the department right so like from the pharmacy right next door was the laboratory and the lab was like wanting me they wanted to recruit me to do registration and like admit patients and then it's very clear that you could have climbed that ladder Mm -hmm. but then you would have been in that ladder yeah yeah, in that journey in that yeah yeah. and being so it's harder to get out of as you start to make more money and elevate and you get more and more promotions and then you start like, oh, well, I get paid this much and I have yes. this value here, but I'm unhappy. And then if I leave, I got to start. So it's, it's harder if you take longer to leave because then you feel like you're starting from zero later. It, that, it's still possible, but it's, it's point, hard. At that point, you know, you're 21. So you're still kind of listening to the people who are a little bit older, older than, than you. you. Yep. And they're like, you can really do this. And like, man, maybe I can. Yeah. But then that's only... But do you want to? Do I want it to? And that's the thing. Like, I really enjoyed meeting patients. Aspects of it. And yeah, aspects of it. Exactly. All that to say, I was listening to a radio. I was listening to Power 106 on my way home from um, work. I At that time, I had already moved out and I lived in Long Beach. And I was listening to Power 106. Mm-hmm. And I heard a commercial. Uh, I was on the 405 freeway on my way home lived in I worked in Orange County and I lived in Long Beach and I was like heard this commercial about being a radio and TV broadcasting. Have you oh, ever thought about radio and TV? Sick. The broadcasting. This school could be good for you. And I was like, I've never thought about it, but what is this commercial saying? I put the volume up and you know, we'll teach you about how to write news stories. We'll teach you how to, you know, um, do sound production, things like that. And I was like, "Yes, that sounds amazing." Sick. And I called and I, 
I ended up actually getting myself enrolled into that school. Where was that at? In Huntington Beach. Okay. Oh, so yeah. not even far. Not too far at yeah. all now. So it was perfect because I lived in Orange County. It wasn't. No, no, you lived in Long Beach. I mean, I lived in Long Beach, but I worked in Orange County. And then the school it's, was it's in, in Huntington Beach. So it was in the middle of my drive anyways yeah. off the 405 freeway. So it worked out perfect. Yeah. And I was like, this is God's timing, right? Yeah. Like I just took it. And so I started going to school. And the first thing that they tell you is you're not going to get a job right when you get out of school. Like that's not going to happen. You're not even a. You'd be lucky if you got an internship because there's so many people trying to get an internship. That's dope that they at least like laid that up. Uh, they up front did. Instead of being like a, oh yeah, you're going to have the best future ever. Doubt me though. <laughs> Doubt me though. <laughs> Doubt me. That's right. Because I sure did call so many different radio stations and I said, I've only been at the school four months. I'm looking to intern. I'm looking to intern. I'm looking to intern. Oh yeah. So like right away. Sure did. A lot of props to you for the ambition. Yeah, right? thank you. Because a lot of people would just wait to be like, oh, I got to finish this and let's see what happens. One, but no, yes. but, but that hunger, that drive that you had internally yeah. is what got you there with also obviously now learning some of the, the skills of the trade. Yeah. That speaks a lot about your internal ambition. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was determined, man. That's I, right. I really loved it. And so, it, you so you found a passion for it right away. I found a passion for it right away. So at first you're like, oh, let me try this out. And then do you remember like what it was or like what, maybe class or course or or what you yes. remember when it, when you were like this, this is what is i want yeah yeah i was in the studio i was in the room there was part of the curriculum is you got to have your own air you have your own air shift and so it's an air shift uh uh and a time on the radio like oh, an, oh, your, oh, air, oh, your, oh, air, your shift your on shift the air. on air gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah air shift i don't know it's making me think like a <laughs> spacecraft or something i'm like what the hell aircraft <laughs> yeah your air shift and so air i'm shift. in the um, during my air shift and it's only plays on the college campus so right. it's not playing anywhere else and i had and, my air and now shift. this this college it's a trade school yeah it's a trade school okay, so okay. it's only eight it's months. only for for these types of things correct yeah. and it's an eight-month course oh, six okay. to eight months course okay super short yeah and so I'm in there and I, we're supposed to record our shifts. So we have a teacher that goes back and listens to them and gives you feedback. They critique your breaks, what they now, call your on this, breaks. So it's like a, it's like a, a show essentially that you're yeah. doing mm -hmm. are, and you're playing music. Not, not only are you playing, but you're, you're, are you like talking, talking, doing talking points, yep. any like news, like, so you're developing a whole aspect of not only play music, but also entertain? Correct. Okay. Yeah, everything. How, how did that come to you? Was that natural or did you like struggle with it? Uh, in, in the beginning, I kind of did a little bit. And then along the way, they t they give you like little secrets on how to like little tra uh, tricks on how you can. I'm sorry. Now I'm stumbling over my words. Little tricks on how you can be a better personality. Okay. So you can bring in a photo of your friend and pretend you're talking to your friend or envision someone in the room with you and feel more comfortable so yeah. those little things oh, cool. i grasped on really quickly yeah and um i remember recording my show having it on a cassette tape going into my teacher you remember what music you put on there no i don't but i probably have it somewhere at home sick yeah i remember like certain songs like puddle of mud was yeah. really popular um for some for whatever reason it's the only freaking song i can remember because i think everybody was playing puddle of mud yeah. at that time. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, when they came out they were popping <laughs> and uh, sublime yeah but uh the teacher she stops the tape in the middle of my what we call an air check she's just checking my air show right um and she was like this is what you need to be doing in your life and i'm like what she's like you are really freaking good at this and i said you think so and she's like I don't know what you do when you go in that studio, but this is your calling. 
You're Damn, really awesome. good at that. And I remember feeling like super embarrassed, but also really like excited at the same yeah. time. Muy, muy. Muy excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just like, wait, what? She's like, this is your calling. Yeah. This is what you need to be doing. That's fucking awesome. And I was so glad that she pointed that out because I would have never pointed that out on myself. And I took that and I ran with it and I, you know, got my internship, got an internship. Now, when you got your internship, uh, did you show any of the, like, did you show that tape or like any demos or? or was... No, I just created a resume. Okay, okay. I created a resume. I told them what school I was going to. I had a meeting, with, interview with the operations manager of the station. Yeah. And he gave me a shot. Sick. And it was basically an easy internship. All I had to do was literally record certain talk breaks when jocks were talking about a certain product. Those are called air jocks? checks. Because I know that's a, a radio yeah, term. So it's not It's not a uh, like a sports player no. at school. <laughs> air personality. Another word for saying, that's an old school word for saying on-air talent. Yeah. Or radio host, on-air personality. Yeah. So that's just It like, comes from like a DJ, which is a disc jockey. Correct. Which DJ is disc jockey. So right. on radio, a jockey as well. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's weird, I know. Yeah. But for the people that don't know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like... Yeah, that's like a full-on... <laughs> wow, I just completely aged myself there by saying... A jock. Okay. <laughs> Cassettes were. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. I, there was a lot of uh, other jocks in the room and I just had to basically record their certain parts of their show. Sick. Easy, easy, easy yeah. breezy. It was not a very difficult thing to do. So, um, yeah, that was only a couple hours and I was still working. So I was working, going to school. And then at some point, someone said... Um, a friend of mine said, we should go to Vegas and just have a good time. You know, we're 21, 22 at this point. Yeah. Let's go to Vegas. Take a trip to Vegas. We listen to the radio stations out there. And there's this radio station, Hot 97.5 in Vegas. And the radio host is like, hey, if you're from out of town, if you're from LA, give us a call. We'll give you a shout out on the radio. So I call them. I'm like, hey, we're from LA, driving around the city, blah, blah, blah. And... um he said, where are you guys at? We're like, we're staying at the Mandalay Bay. The radio station's right across the street from the Mandalay Bay. Come by, say what's up. Okay. Come by for what? Just say what's up. That's it. That's it. We're, okay. <laughs> okay. We went. I don't know. He probably thought we were cute. We sounded cute or something, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so we go. And he puts us on the radio. And he was just like, where are you guys from? Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he's still alive. Show. Still by the alive. time you get there. Still alive. Wow. You know, and just having a good time. And then off you know, off during commercials. He's like, so what do you guys do? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually going to school. He's like, what are you going to school for? I'm like, for radio. And he's like, are you trying to be on the radio? I'm like, I don't know. I think so. Like, <laughs> I think this is what I want to do. And you're talking about this on air? No, this was off the oh, air. Oh, this is off air. Yeah, this okay. is off the air. And this was during a commercial break. Oh, gotcha. And he goes, are you trying to be on the radio? And I said, I think so. Like, he's like, you know what we're hiring? I said, you're hiring? Yeah, we're hiring. Send me your demo. Sure. I didn't even know what a demo was. I just said, I'll send you my demo. He's At like, this point, you were still in school? I was still in school. Yeah. He's like, send me your demo. And I go, okay, I'll send you my demo. Had no idea what a demo consisted of. Had no idea what it was. I left that place. I got his phone number. We left the station, went back to our day-to-day. -day you know, We had a great time the weekend. Um, and I went back to school and I was like, so I met this radio guy and he told me to send him my demo. And they're like, I said, what's a demo? They're like, what do you mean? I said, yeah. He said, they're hiring and to submit my demo. Yeah. We got to work on this now. 
Your okay. teachers? This is my one of my teachers. One so, of my teachers. Like, is it the same one that gave you that, that hype or another one? I did tell her, then she put me with somebody else. Oh, and so somebody else was like, let's go. So we got in the studio. We found, we recorded a whole couple of shows. So we found the best talk breaks. Yeah. We cut them together and put them together, made a one minute, 20 second um, demo. And it's just basically of all, all the breaks of how you sound on the, you know, it's all your talk breaks back to back to back to back. Oh, wow. So that's what the demo consists of, your best ones. I submitted it. Shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the teachers. Yeah, Shout out like... to the teachers. I submitted it and um, I just was like, okay, we'll see what happens. Then I got a call. Hey, we want you to audition. What? Can you come out to Vegas and audition? Yeah, I can come out to Vegas and audition. Now, for those who don't know, Vegas is about a four depending on traffic it could be between four to five and a half hour drive from los angeles or southern california to vegas yeah so it's it's not down the street no it's not so i said i'll go okay can you be here you know saturday saturday morning 10 a.m yeah i'll leave right after school this was friday i was done at school at like 10 o'clock at night at night oh shit so yeah. you're like Damn, so you didn't get Got there until like what, two, three in the morning? My Red Bulls and beef jerky and headed to Vegas. Wow. And I was it. I was in Vegas by like 3.30 in the morning. I was at the station at 10 a.m., like a little bit before 10 a.m. They walked me around. They showed me the boards. They helped me work it. I had somebody in there with me running it. I auditioned. I did a whole show. I was scared of my, out of my mind. I think the first time... You went by yourself or anybody go with you? No, I went by myself. Uh, I went by myself. The first time I said like anything and I, and I messed up on the radio, I actually, I said shit. <laughs> and you're not supposed to cuss. Wait, on, wait, this is on the, on the, on the audition? On the, yeah, on the audition, but it was being transmitted live. Oh, so, so oh, damn. So your audition was live? I'm on, yeah, I'm auditioning live. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said shit when I messed something up <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I stopped it. And the guy's like, hit the dump button. <laughs> There's a dump button that cuts the delay. It's right, right. Because you're because when whenever you're live, you're still 10, 20 seconds Correct. behind. So that way, if something like that happens, you can actually like mute or block that air. Like, yeah, it, it cuts that 10 second portion off. Yeah, yeah. So it just mutes, right? Yeah, it'll yeah. mute or it'll just sound like a really bad edit. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it'll just sound, sound like a really bad Oh, edit. so just like, okay. Yeah, gotcha. or it'll slow down, depending on what station. Right, it'll right, slow right. down your but Otherwise, words. on radio, when you say certain curse words, you actually get fined. FCC will find you. Yeah. If someone's listening and they complain, they can send They can send a fine. Yeah. So it's a big no-no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, big no-no. Yeah. <laughs> this is on your first, this is on your audition On my and audition live. and live. And uh, I went back home sad depressed because i really felt that you that thought, messed, you thought you me messed up. it up yeah and um i remember the day i was at this time now i was working in the laboratory and i'm helping a patient still in I'm, the medical field yeah still in the medical field and i'm checking my cell phone every few minutes you know like no one's calling and then finally my phone rings and uh it's the program director of the radio station and she was like hey how are you and i'm like i'm good she's like so we want to offer you a job. Sick. And I said, what? She's like, it's just weekends. Are you willing to take this job on the weekends? Yes. And I felt like I won a million dollars. I felt like I won a million dollars. So for the next like four months, I was working my full-time job, going to school, and then driving to Fun. Vegas every Friday night 
to be on the radio Saturday Damn. and Sunday and then driving back home Sunday night. Wow, that's a I did grind. that for three to four months. And then I said to myself, what am I doing? Let me just live in Vegas because I found something that I really love. Yeah. And I'm and gotta, getting paid and you, you for it. You gotta dedicate it. your time and, and yeah. your energy to that. And if you're like, if you were to kept up the same other, you know, all those things you were doing, you would burn out. Burn out. Yeah, so... I said, I can do the same job that I'm doing here in Orange County in Vegas. Your thoughts were still have some other stable job. Yeah, because it was only weekends. Yeah, because the radio thing, especially like you're starting off, pay wasn't very high. No, it was like, uh, it's like 10 bucks an hour. So it was minimum wage. Yeah. $10 an hour. Like how many hours? Four or five hours. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So you definitely need something else. Any money. Yeah. But. You can go get a new job in Vegas, live there, so you're already close to the radio, um, your radio job. Yeah, which is what you want to end up pursuing Doing. further. So yeah, yeah, because it was grueling, like yeah. leaving Friday night from Long Beach, driving to Vegas every weekend, and coming back Sunday, and then doing the grind all over again, and yeah. every single morning that traffic on the yeah, 405. No, it was exhausting. Exhausting. I mean, just to drive to Vegas and drive back is already like damn near more than half a day to a day worth of just like yeah. in the car. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm in the car on the 405 on the way home. Yeah. On the way to home, back to work. So much driving. Yeah. So I just said, what am I doing? I can literally find the same job doing the same thing in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I just packed up my bags. I found a job doing the exact same thing I was doing in Vegas. Now this time I'm working in the ER, but it's very similar to the job that I'm doing. Right. Um, and... So I found roommates. First, I had an apartment by myself, found some roommates. And then I'm there for two years. Wow. I'm there for two years. I got middays. I started my own Latin hip hop show. Wow. It became such a huge thing within the community. Every Sunday night, all these cars would just meet in the parking lot, listen to the radio station right there because it was a big window facing the parking lot. That's awesome. And there was all these cars just pulling up because for, for once in their lives, like there was representation. So at that point, there wasn't much Hispanic uh, there personality. Was, there was a huge community of Latinos, right? A lot of huge Hispanic community in Vegas. But on the radio. But on radio, there was hardly any representation. Oh, wow. There was none. I think the pr- one guy, one guy. And, and, and your show, so you had the one show? I had the one show Sunday nights, Sun, uh-huh. but then I had my full time Monday through Friday. Oh, so you okay there? At the, so then, did you leave the other job? I eventually I ended up leaving okay. the other job, but I've had that. I had it for a while. You had it for a while, and so then you ended up having Monday through Friday and the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wow, and the Sunday. Okay, so you were really going. You you at the, by that point you were killing it on Vegas on the radio. Correct. Sick, killing it. Now, I was killing it. At this point, it's mostly hip hop. Mostly hip hop, a little bit of R and B. And the Sunday night show was a straight Latin hip hop show. Sick. So I was able to convince the program director of the radio station, let me play one Latin hip hop song my, on my show Monday through Friday. And we'll, we'll call so it the pick of the week. So one per show. One per show. We'll call it the pick of the week. And or was, the, it, was it one song for... for one the, song for the entire week. Oh, wow. Just one Latin hip hop song for the For the, the whole entire week. week. Okay. Because I, my goal was... Was my goal has always been was trying to break the stereotype of Latino artist, yeah, of Hispanic yeah. artist, incorporate it and more, incorporate it more in our mainstream, mm-hmm. and by doing one every day, you're not really allowing that artist to get 
the full shine mm-hmm. by giving it by giving that airplay every single day you're like it's a repetitive it's a repetitive song that you're hearing all the yeah, time i mean i'm sure you you're familiar but for those who haven't um like there are like a bunch of psychology studies that break down how a song that someone doesn't even like if it's listened to enough yeah. they start to get accustomed to it yep. and that's actually like how the, the, a lot of these big artists that turn big that didn't really have a big following but have a lot of money behind mm-hmm. them the their labels or the people who, who fund them end up paying a lot of radio stations to have repetitive plays Correct. because that conditions people to get comfortable and then like it almost like that's what they start liking it without even knowing that they are being conditioned to like it we used to, we used to call it we used to call it ear fuck them yeah basically what it was yeah and when you hear a song so much re- on repeat it, yeah you know that's yeah that, what then it you is. like it yeah sorry if you sound so dirty no no that's who doesn't like the fuck <laughs> i mean sorry yeah. it just sounds so, so dirty yeah you're fucked enough like fuck yeah. that is cool yeah <laughs> so uh, like ear bang them enough yeah. to, to for yeah, that yeah. song so like my my idea was the same with no, but that's these brilliant. latin hip-hop that's artists brilliant that you too. at least understood that yeah and you're like yo if i can create some even if it's just a one a one a, one a day of the same artist that rep- that repetition Rep- exactly people are going to be like Oh, I, I kind of like this song. Who is this? And then that starts to, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. And that's awesome that you did that. You pushed that yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, um, thank you for saying that. It was a really special moment for me as a Latina and really embracing Yesi Ortiz, you know, like, and, and seeing the community come together yeah. and seeing the community so come together. Really well and received. That was really well received. So every Sunday, the entire, like, there's whole crew of, of people just come by the station they would start bringing food then they started bringing food they started bringing tamales with arroz and frijol or they just start wow. just sharing the the everybody just breaking bread That's over this sick. one three hour show called the street fuego the latin hip-hop song you're playing was one song per week and it would get played once per show correct monday through friday yeah sunday show had more it or? Was a, yeah it started off as a two hour show uh-huh. and then we moved it to three hour show and that was all, all latin hip-hop all latin hip-hop wow yeah so i would have to program the whole show by myself listen and i would you know so yeah i was working six days a week but it felt like i was working seven days a week 24 hours so you had a to day also do your homework because i had to do my homework to study cds get all the, you know yeah. get all that listen to all the songs go. up to date with everything so that way you because you're the yeah. one really providing the music it's not like like in a lot of either like radio stations or broadcast shows you would have like group teams of people where yeah. like one curates the music one is the one talking one is you're over here doing every Everything. task yeah wow. yeah and this was all before obviously like digital right where you could just google something like yeah. i'm literally listening to the cds C's. and listening to one by one so i'm really training my ear yeah to hear what we get what we play on a regular with these artists like ludicrous and pharrell and right. Busta rhymes and tupac what songs are big for them and then also trying to find those same songs that are in our, in our culture right and like really trying and what could to, translate what could, what, translate. What could be uh, a bridge correct yeah 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 so that was a, a real learning experience for me and i loved it yeah. so much i love amazing doing that discovery and what, what year was this this was 2003 2004 okay. 2004 um and it was right around. I actually even have one of my first interviews is with Baby Bash. Oh wow! And Sugar Sugar. So when you first started, you were just doing the show, playing music, but you didn't have anybody coming in studio for 
on-air interviews? Not yet, no. And then the, no. one of the first ones that actually came in, aside from you doing the show and playing music. It was actually a phone call. Oh, it was a phone a call phone interview. interview was, oh, wow. ba- was Baby Bash. And he had just had this song with How Frankie How did you J. get that going? Um, uh, through the, the, at that time, the community of la- Hispanic, Latino, like Chicano rappers was so small. Yeah. Everybody knew everybody. Yeah. So they'd be like, it's still small. It's still but small. But especially at that time. Yeah, yeah, at that time, especially. So at that time, everyone's like, we know this guy. He's got this song with Frankie. Yeah, we know Baby Bash. Yeah, we know who he is, Baby Beesh. B-E-E. That's what he went by before, Baby Beesh, Baby Bash. So it's like, you want to you wanna hit him up? We got his number. So it was easy. It's an easy connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, you have this song, Sugar Sugar, with Frankie J. We want to play it for it. We want to play it. Let's do an interview. And we started doing phone interviews that way. So that was your first major interview? Well, yeah, my first major interview. Were you interview. nervous? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But at, at the same time, no. I, yes, I was. I was more nervous and excited. But no, because um, I just felt like it was overdue. Yeah. Oh, you had been ready. Been ready. Yeah. N- not personally for me, but more personally for them, for the mm-hmm. artist. Like it's been overdue for them to get their yeah. shine. Yeah. And All I just kind of is... put myself in that box. Right. Like it's overdue for us. Yeah. It's about time we interview yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? That's, yeah, 100%. So that's how I, I took it. Yeah, it was like, yeah. no, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Yes, but it's about time. Yeah, let's do this. Let, that we interview us. Yep. And so that's how I took that approach. That's sick. Yeah. And how long was that interview? This is live on air. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's probably the worst interview. It was like five minutes long. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But the, they didn't care, man. Yeah. We, nobody cared. You know, we were, it's a Sunday now, did night show. did that open up doors to start getting more interviews? It did. It opened up more doors. And then it opened up a door for me to get to my next move. Which was? Which was um, a radio station in Tijuana that oh, was wow. a little bit of ahead of its time. But it was called um, 90, 98.9 Hip Hop y Mas. Oh wow! So it was ahead of its time because it was like one of the Tijuana, first Tijuana, Mexico. Tijuana, Mexico. Even though their offices were in San Diego, their radio station was in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. And it was, and the reason why I say it was ahead of its time was because it was like the first station of its kind to be a bilingual radio station. Yeah, Spanish it had a mixture of English. both English, Spanish music, and artists and, and um, radio personalities. Personalities, yeah. yeah, radio personalities, yeah. So speaking Spanglish, yeah. And playing music like Tony Touch. That's awesome. With, you know, Mob Deep. Yeah. So now you're in Vegas. You have this job. It's killing in Vegas. You get they reach out to you from the the yeah. The, some of the some of the hip hop. You know, some of the Latino hip hop heads were like, "Yo, you need to you need to come to this radio station." So what was that transition like? Like, what's it like being killing it over here? And then now being offered another job while you already have a current job that I'm sure like you have like a lot of, you, you have a status now where you can do a lot more. You have yeah. a lot more freedom at the current station. Like how do you leave that? It was really hard. It was really hard because I had such, I had grown such a huge community and mm-hmm. I knew what me leaving would mean to the community. Mm-hmm. It would mean that no one would be there to fight for them. No one would be there to fight for the music. So there was nobody to take your spot no that you could really, pass it down to. There was somebody, but didn't really feel the same as I feel like, you know, I grew that. I grew so what, that. what made you leave then and actually decide I'm going to go over here? Was it purely like a financial thing or were there more opportunities that they offered on top of the financial? Like what was the big difference? The big difference was me being able to play uh, Latino artist 24 seven. Cause you were still limited a little bit in Vegas. Yeah. 
I was oh. only allowed one song of the week. So, so still, even yeah. while you were killing it and yeah. it started popping off, it was still that same. At, at some point, it got to like twice a day. But it was still very minimal. Very minimal. So over here, they said, hey, you could do. It's 24-7. Wow. That's what for me was. That makes I'll sense. get to go and do this 24-7. Yeah. And I'll get to help break artists more than just once a week. Yeah. That's what for me was. Because the pay was basically the same. It was As a matter of fact, I was broke in Tijuana. They, they didn't pay me at all close to what I could afford. I lived in a $300 a month rent in Tijuana. Like, wow. I was and broke. Right before leaving to the Tijuana one, the one in Vegas, had your pay gone up? My pay had gone up a little bit. But, but it again, still... it's also, it's U.S. dollars, it's U.S. land. So I, the money was consistent. In Mexico, in Mexico, the company I was, sometimes I get a paycheck, sometimes I didn't. Wow. It was really sucky that way. So, so you took the job because of what you could do with what the Hispanic I music. In. Yeah. But the pay wasn't really substantial. It wasn't even better. No, not at all. And, and I was and crossing the going, border. You, did you know that going in? Or did no, it, they, they kind of they, like misled you? They kind of misled me that way. It was it would have been the same pay, like regardless, would have been the same pay. But it but then ended up being less, obviously, because of their financials. And they wow. misled me that way. And So I, they were a little bit financially unstable yeah and then couldn't hold up their end of the agreement to you correct so they kind of end up screwing you over on the financial side yeah and then the company itself was going under and so it was a really bad time the oh, radio wow. station wasn't doing as well as they had hoped so you make the move yeah how long before it starts to kind of go down south a little bit <laughs> like four months wow so yeah damn <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like one of and those i was like what am i gonna do i just moved into this apartment in tijuana you like... left your other job you left vegas got a new place yeah and now it's damn near crumbling yeah at this new spot. Yeah. Uh, what happened? How do you get out of that? I was lucky enough to get a phone call from a radio station across the street. Uh, when I when I say across the street, I say San Diego. Oh, I'm okay. in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> technically San across Diego. the border. Across but the border. But it is like when you live like over there or you're in that area, yeah. it is literally like, oh, it's like down the block. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a couple of jocks on, on that station. It was a hip hop station in San Diego. They're like, you need to be over here with us. Why are you over there? And how did they come across you? Um, because even though we were in Tijuana, it was still being transmitted in San Diego. Okay. So you can hear the radio station in San Diego. Now, when these people hit you up from the San Diego radio station, Mm -hmm. did they know all the bullshit happening in the Tijuana radio station? Yeah, there was rumors that 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 station was going down. Okay, so they're like, like, okay, she's killing it. Let's Let's take her. her. Okay. Yeah, let's bring her to us. That's awesome. That's a good timing for that. For that to happen. Yeah. But when I get to the company, they're like, they're like, hey, we... We think that you'd be really great at this hip hop station, but we want to offer you something else. In San Diego. Yeah. We want to offer you mornings as a co-host on this our pop radio station. Now is this is that a good thing or a bad thing? How do you see that? At that point, I felt very uncomfortable. Because it took you out of your Latin hip hop element. Yeah. But it was also mainstream. So it was also pop where I was able to so I would be able to expand mm. my knowledge and expand my brand. Right. Yeah, because the the reality is that like as much as like Latin hip hop was growing, the pop music is at a, was at especially at that time at a different level. Yeah. Yeah. It was at a different level, so it was pop music. And I knew well, I was that, that the pop music, yeah, the was, pop music. Was, at, was at a different level. Yeah. yeah. So there'd so be I mean, more opportunities potentially down the line right. in that route. And if there was a way that I can expand my brand and expand my knowledge in the industry and build yeah and yeah. build and, out yes yeah, or t's in the industry of, yeah. of all music then i can radio. always yeah. i can always bring my people up 
Facts. That's that was my idea. Yeah. Create more opportunities for yourself so you can create more opportunities for others. Exactly. So I got asked to do the morning show on this pop radio station. So mm-hmm. I went from like being hip hop mas, you know, to playing in sync and Britney Spears and like totally changed up totally on, on the, changed it on the what you were listening to yeah or playing totally changed it and i didn't even realize that you know as I, I obviously i accepted the job right and i didn't even realize how thick of an accent i had, did have at that time mm-hmm. because i remember reading the news i was part of reading the news your daily news yeah and i remember saying strategy strategy oh my god Uh, strategic uh, being strategic strategy strategy yeah. i remember saying it wrong i think i was saying strategy or something like yeah, that I yeah, couldn't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. and they kept laughing i'm like why are you guys laughing i didn't understand why they were laughing at me i'm like oh you're laughing at my accent like because you're saying it wrong i'm like I-, i felt so embarrassed and felt so stupid and it just was a reminder of how of like how much I grew up as this mm-hmm. girl who didn't know how to speak the language very well and being told to go. It just, it just hurt. Oh, wow. Okay. So it actually bothered you. It bothered me, but I didn't realize it bothered me. So I just laughed it off and I kept it pushing. Yeah. It is funny. It is funny. It is funny. Uh, and I think most people don't mean it with like ill intent. But if you have like this in, like I, I wouldn't call it trauma trauma, but like, yeah, you have like some past like, yeah, you know, I guess some mild trauma of like other people Then if someone just even laughs at it, like, yeah, that, that does seem like hurtful. But I also feel like, why are we laughing at other people for not, period? No, oh, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Well, so I also okay, feel well, like, why I guess why my question we... is, was it, were they laughing like in a playful way or are they laughing like, oh, look at her. She can't. I At that at that time, I just kind of brushed it off. Yeah. Looking back at it, I don't think it should have mattered how it, it was laughed at. It was just laughed okay. at. Because I think now as a human being, like as, a, as I got out, I'm getting older and I'm realizing like we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh at anybody for not being able to like uh if they're genuinely trying right like if yeah. you're friends I think it's different like if you're in friends and we're right, said right. I think different situations different settings might of course, feel of different but I don't know I just think that like um I didn't realize why they were laughing right. and they just kept laughing at me and laughing at me and I just didn't realize it okay so yeah I could see like for me I think This is my personal opinion. I, I I'm fine with everyone making fun of each other, mm-hmm. but also like then at the end help. Yeah, like, like and nobody was helping me. I'm like I yeah, don't so understand. Like, oh, so that sucks. <laughs> I, like like a, okay. Why are you laughing at me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I can think see that, that, I that still, seems hurtful. Yeah, it was I was hurtful, but and I felt really out of place. Mm. I felt really out of out of place because I was like, if we were amongst other Latinos who probably had broken English like I did. Nobody would have laughed at that. You were the only one. Yeah, it was all. So you felt like an outsider. <laughs> I felt like an outsider. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, is this, did I make the right move? But also at that same time, I was going through a very unfortunate situation with my family. And I knew that I needed to make this work because it was going to help my family and I get to a better place. Let's talk a little bit about that. The little that I know is, I think you had a, a sister? Mm-hmm. who had um, some kids that she couldn't take care of. So my sister and her, um, uh, you know, not husband, but I'm going to just for the sake of conversation, I'm going to say her husband. Um, they had... Baby daddy. S- baby daddies. Yeah, her baby daddy. He, They had um, six children. Wow. Taken into the foster care system. But same guy. Yeah. They had six kids together. Yeah, taken wow. into the foster care system. And uh, I... 
my sister and her and baby daddy. baby daddy were both put in in jail and um it was a really unfortunate situation that the kids found themselves in the foster care system and they were all separated wow and i knew that there was something that i had to do and i love my nieces and nephews how how many brothers sisters uh, the, my, this was my oldest sister. The oldest sister. The okay. oldest sister. Yeah. She was my oldest sister. And I knew there was something that I had to do. Like I had to help. Mm-hmm. I love my nieces and nephews. Absolutely adore them. And um, I decided to fight. How, how old were they at the time? Six of them. The youngest uh, at the time was four. And the oldest was 10. Oh, they were babies. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, Damn, like six of them there. Or, yeah. Damn, they they yeah. did not stop. They yeah. were like every year had a yeah. baby. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> every year. Yeah. Wow. I ended up fighting for custody for all six kids. I fought for about a year and a half. How old were you? Uh, by the time they got into my custody, I was twenty-five. Oh, you were still young as hell too. Yeah, I was twenty-five, and I won custody. And did any of your other family members offer to help, or this is like? I'm going to do this and whether anybody helps me or not. Nobody, no. Wow. So you just said, you know what? No one else is stepping up to help out. Nobody I, wanted that responsibility. They actually thought I was crazy for taking on that responsibility. I mean, it is a little crazy. It is a little it crazy. It is crazy. I mean, six kids. That's a life-changing process. Like like just that. Yeah. Taking on that many mouths to feed and, yeah. and take care of. Like, I wow. Did, but it is looking back. Yeah, anyone looking back saying, even if you have somebody going through that right now, you could say that. But I think when you're put in a position where you absolutely love and adore yeah. mm-hmm. these kids like they were your own prior to that happening. Yeah. Prior to you that happening, you can't let them go yeah, no. just like that. I mean, you got to. I also have to preface that my sister and I were very close mm. prior to all that happening. Her and I were like best friends. So I oh, think so when you're putting. It's, it's more than just family title, it's like sincere genuine attachment correct and love yeah yeah so that with that yeah of course yeah so when you're you, put, you can't let them go you can't there's no way yeah there's no way it it would it was too painful for me to t- go by my day-to-day i firmly believe that nobody owes anybody anything so like family doesn't have to do things for family if it's going to completely change or take away from their personal lives, mm-hmm. like like I don't think it was your responsibility whatsoever. It was not, yeah. And it would and it would have been totally fine if you didn't take on the responsibility. Right. It was not your obligation, but the fact that you did just speaks extremely highly about you as a person who cares a lot. And I don't think many people could handle or even do it. I mean, nobody else did, right? Yeah. So like that's that's powerful. That's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah. But that's a very beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you for saying that's that. That's crazy. Thank you for saying that, for seeing it that way. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was something that I felt um, it was in my heart to really, like, you're, like you're you say. You're changing your life. Like, yeah, like you say, I didn't have to, not obligated to, um, but in my heart of, like, that's what I needed. I felt yeah, yeah, like yeah. I needed Internally, to Internally. Internally. Like, yeah. I have to do this. I have yeah. to do this. This is, I, I care about them. So I, and not to say that the other family members didn't, but I just felt like this is this is what I got to do. And so I took that responsibility. I took that role. I, you know, I was able to get a three-bedroom townhome in San Diego. So 
six kids you took. Yeah. Did you get any government help, anything financially? Because like most people can't take care of themselves, much less take care of one kid. Like how the hell do you, as a single, you were single? Yeah, I was single. As as a single, like not even mom, as a single individual, (laughs) young, young, 24, you know, 25, like how did you even like survive that? Financially, I, yeah, I wasn't making enough money at the radio station for sure. But so I had done such a, great job with the judge improving my character, improving my ability to want to take care of the kids. Um, He offered the adoption assistance program. So there was an adoption assistance program that California had just passed this law on. Actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger signed that off and he passed on like, why are we punishing families who can't really afford to adopt but want to adopt yeah. why aren't we helping them out so That's that sick. was the that law that i was able to that assistance that i was able to receive so i did receive the adoption assistance program i was enrolled in that so i got some financial help there which helped out immensely yeah. with our cost of living because cost of living in san diego plus i had all these amazing perks doing radio in san diego i got them to do we got free movie tickets free theme park tickets wow you know that was the time of radio just really being about like perks you know that's sick then so, then you actually were able to like not only give them a house but give them pretty awesome experiences heck yeah Sure was. That's yeah, amazing. I'll tell them that straight up right now. They were spoiled that way. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, that's but amazing. Yeah, they and um at that so I got custody wow. of the kids and you know, one of my youngest at the time, Mikey, he was six year he was five years old, he was going to the kindergarten. So I got to put him on the radio the first day. Wow. They were like, hey, first day of school, you know, and I got that recorded somewhere. That's sick. Yeah. So <laughs> that was really awesome. But I always told them too, like, never tell anybody who I, what I do. Like, don't, don't tell people that I work for the radio. You just, you don't know, you know, don't tell people that, you know, you get all these free stuff. Um, I try to let them know early on that like, hey be friends with somebody who are going to be friends with you and not because what free stuff you're going to get them or who I am. Yeah. And they never would tell anybody who I was. That's awesome. Even when I got to Power 106, they never told their friends that I worked at Power 106. That's good. Because you need to have that. Kids are grimy. Um, Yeah. You know, they're going to like just take advantage and exploit. Like, I remember when I was in high school, um, I I noticed this. Some of of my friends had a lot of money. And... uh, so, like when they would have gatherings, I, I was never like a, I, I never liked to ask for things in the first place. Yeah. Much less like take things that I feel I didn't deserve. Yeah. Um, and so my, f- some of these people that I knew that like had a good amount of money, they'd have people over. So a bunch of the other kids would just be like, oh, can we get this? Can we get that? Like, yeah. oh, let's add this. Oh, right. like tell them to order this too. And like, right. it's just like always like take, take, take. Yeah. And it was like, man, like. It sucks because then I could see like, man, are they, do they really care about these people because they're good people or do they just like being around these people because they get, all have these, all these cool things. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they get to, to benefit off their friend. Right. Um, so that, that's really smart that you, that you put those boundaries on the kids that you, you took in and that they kept themselves from getting exploited. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, thank you for saying that. I'm glad that they were able to kind of not share with their friends mm-hmm. who I was and what I did. Um, there was times where we would go out because it was a free movie premiere and I got the tickets to go for all of us to go if it, if it was a movie that they really liked and they would even feel embarrassed if somebody would come up and ask for a photo or like, you know, say what's up to me or whatever. They would be like, oh God, here we go. Like, we're just going <laughs> to wait over here for you. you yeah, know? yeah. So they'd kind of like step away and whatnot. Um, 
But, you know, and I, I didn't really take them all the time to events with me either. It was only like certain, like if I knew it was going to be family, family events, oriented, oriented yeah. whatnot, then I would take them. And I also, we didn't have a lot of money. We just had enough money right. to be comfortable in terms of not yeah. going hungry and yeah. paying the bills. Well, I mean, with six, seven people in the yeah. household, including yourself, like, Well, there was seven know. of us and my mom moved in and my stepdad moved in oh, wow. and my sister. My did they help my out when they came? Moved in. My mom helped out with the kids. Yeah. My stepdad did as well. My half sister was in school. She was in high school. Um, so at one point it was really just me as a matriarch and everyone else was just kind of lending a hand wherever they could. Um, and at one point it was like 13 of us living in a three bedroom wow. town home in Alhambra. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it was that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All these people in your house, you have these kids that are your responsibility now. They yeah. really are now your responsibility because that's what you've taken on. Yeah. Um, how do you live your life? Like how, where, where was the balance for you to the, like, cause you're working and yeah. then taking care of six kids. Like, yeah. I can imagine there's even like, a, like, how do you even breathe with six kids? So like much less, you know, the bare minimum for, for like surviving yourself. But then how do you have fun? How do you like enjoy yourself? I think my job was such an enjoyable career that it, that was my escape. That's cool. You know? So when I you have something you really love. It's just like, that is like the, the fun. Yeah, I officially adopted them in 2009. So mm -hmm. in 2009, I officially adopted all six of the kids. So they all became officially mine under the, you know, new birth certificates and everything. Wow. Um, and uh, my job, though, there's aspects of the industry that I don't like. And there's aspects of people's characters that I had to face that I did not like. The actual on-air shift, the actual on-air show, the actual opportunity to bridge community and music, and the actual uh, idea that, you know, you have these perks or you get to host a club, that's what I loved about the show, mm -hmm. uh, about my career. Yeah. I didn't like the ugliness of the radio station and the ugly characters that I saw of people, but, and because I faced a lot of sexual harassment, I faced a lot of that in my career, as a, even as a, just as a woman, you're going to face it, period. But mm. in radio and the music industry, you face it even a lot more misogynistic. Yeah. Thinking. There's a lot of like power trip. Um, egos. Egos were like, you know, and, and, and this happens, unfortunately, just like in all. Yeah, in all aspects. In all worlds. Yes. Of where there's like a higher power. But like, especially in music. That's I just think a, in music. In mu music is so foul. <laughs> music is like, it's crazy. The character and behavior that is like. Not really allowed, but tolerated in the music industry that like people keep doing foul shit. Yeah. And they keep abusing their power, trying to abuse yeah. their power. And that sucks. That sucks that you had to go through stuff like that. I was really quick and firm to say no to a lot of shit. Smart. Unfortunately, there are a lot of like people, this happens to guys too, but m definitely mostly women that will like play along a little. Yep. Because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to lose an, like any opportunity. So yeah. I'll flirt a little. I'll mm -hmm. go a little along. Oh, yeah, I'll go and go yeah. to dinner with you to this thing. Or yeah. I'll, go, I'll, I'll be your plus one on this event. And they'll do things that they don't even want to do with these people who have power. Yeah. And they'll kind of put, let it go a certain amount where then it's harder for them to say no. Mm -hmm. Because then now it's like, oh, well, you're this close to getting this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and I didn't want to be that woman. Mm -hmm. I, because I think it all came back to the, to being who I how I wanted to represent for our Latino community, mm -hmm. 
Like it all goes back to that. I didn't want to be that woman. So if any of those times that you've ever seen me, I did this one um, photo shoot and it was a photo shoot for a lowrider magazine. And I remember doing it, but hesitantly doing it. And I looked back at him like, why did I do that? Why, why did I do that? And that was probably, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably like the most that you let it go. That I from, let it go to. And, and it was and, for Lowrider Magazine. But what was it? Like, just like you like being very risque? Yeah, it was like a risque. You know, I, was, I had clothes on. I had yeah. clothes on for sure. It was I mean, like a very sexualized. Yeah, it was like my legs were showing. You know, I had like a that's bikini That's I mean, that's not even. But for me, oh, okay. that was a lot. Yeah. For me, that was yeah, a lot. For your standard. For my standards. Yeah. It was a lot. And, you know, uh, I've always wanted to portray myself as um, somebody's homegirl guy or girl mm-hmm. like i just wanted to be friends yeah. with the guys and friends with the girls yeah i didn't want to have any drama with anybody i didn't Smart. i knew i wasn't gonna be flashy with how i dressed and and i you know my fashion sense is super chill um and that the and i just never came across to where i wanted to make sure that i i sexualized over sexualized mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. because in that i just felt like um i don't know i just I just wanted to carry myself a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That, there's nothing wrong with anybody sex- yeah. over-sexualizing themselves whatsoever. But just for yourself and your and standard, you had a... for myself, I just yeah. didn't want to. Yeah, everyone has like different standards for yeah. themselves and what they are comfortable like uh, showing or portraying on themselves. Uh, but I think whatever your individual standard is, whether it's if you're super out there, um, you know, explicitly or not, whatever your standard is, like That's... people should respect your boundaries. Exactly. So... If you if some people are okay doing more things, yeah. cool. But when they say this is my boundary, then that's this- where it should stay. And unfortunately, like even but, but for you, a benefit for you having um, a more strict standard on yourself. Yeah, you were able to put stops to it more quickly with people that tried to abuse power with you. My experience in music and in radio, it's exploited. It's over exploited. Like sexual sex is exploit. Like extremely that's exploited. Like tenfold yeah than somebody working as a nine to five in a suit right whatever right. like Which they still happens but yeah they still in, happens, in music it's like so but in music it's consistent. over exploited so like i felt if i were to dress a certain way if you were to give a little they might want to take they more they would take even more mm-hmm. because it's so over exploited yeah in the industry if i was yeah. i feel like just because this particular career i knew already that i'm you know i'm a I think I'm a beautiful girl that if somebody came in as an artist and I'm talking to them and I could be wearing pajamas um, and had my hair and makeup done or whatever and I'm talking to them and it's an instant, oh, they're flirting. She wants to get with so-and-so because that's so-and-so and so-and-so is a major artist and, you know, that's for clout. No, like I... I didn't want to give anybody any reason to yeah, yeah, yeah. whatsoever. And even if I was dressed a certain way, even if I was given a skirt, I just feel like the predators out there would grab me even yeah, more. Yeah. And I didn't want to like... Did any of that jade you? Like like whether it's that or even grimy business. Because in music, there's just like a lot of... Aside from like the sexual stuff, like there are a lot of shady people in that like just take advantage of people, try to um, use people very like a lot in the music industry. Have you had any of these kind of experiences that have like jaded you? Like, man, I hate this or maybe I should not be doing this. Yeah. 
there was there was there was in particular experiences but i think just overall like i was tired of it it combined it combined with all the little moments accumulated accumulated Mm -hmm. over time all the different moments that it got to a point where like dude i'm i'm tired of this because again this is a 24 7 career yeah you know this is a 24 7 career if you're not if you're not at the radio station you're doing an event for the radio station right or if you're doing an event for yourself you're still tied to the radio station and i'm tied into different people and i love the people that i'm com- that i'm connected with and the community that i'm connected with but there are those aspects that do kind of accumulate that you kind of just get tired of and you're like it takes away tired. from like the like the art from the the fun of the the hustle and the yeah. creativity it's just like it's like politics. It's like just shadiness, and, and it takes a toll on you. It does. It, it does a take toll. a toll on you, and you just uh, you know you realize too. You're I'm fat. My family's getting older. You're realizing how much attention am I giving too much to my career and not enough to my family? And you start questioning yourself. Or for me personally, if on my own journey, because my journey is a little bit different, because mm-hmm. I had I already did have a huge family taking care of. So yeah. I it was a sticky ba- like a sticky place for me to really kind of adjust it's hard to navigate now yeah really hard to navigate that's more of currently yeah um let's go back a little bit what got you to power on six um because so, uh, for those who don't know and don't live in the la area power on six is one of the biggest radio stations in la especially hip-hop yeah um did you go straight from san diego to there yeah okay so i was in san diego doing mornings in san diego and there was actually this guy who was working at the radio station at the hip-hop station that they wanted me originally at um, he left that hip hop station in San Diego to go work at Power 106 first. Okay. And so we were just talking one day, catching up, and you know, he said, You should send me your demo and I could send it to the program director of Power 106. Sick. I sure did. I sent him my demo and um I got a phone call if you know after several interviews on on the phone like just chatting on the phone and like interviews on on the computer like uh documents asking me questions about what i listen to to what do i eat and what time i go to sleep (laughs) um after several of those type of conversations back and forth the program director was like can you meet me and the general manager 7 30 in the morning saturday by lax I'm like okay 7 30 saturday by lax yes i could be there i had a i had promised the kids that we would go to a movie premiere at 11 a.m in san diego so i had i had to make it work so it was left san diego at 5 a.m to get to lax at 7 30 in the morning in my van because i had a van for the kids it was the only car that i had I get to the LAX airport to the Marriott. They had there was a Marriott right by the LAX airport where we had breakfast. I I sat with both of the GM and the program director, and an hour and a half later, I get back to my car. My car battery had died. No, way. I was stuck, and I'm like, I got to get back to San Diego by eleven. I told the kids I was going to take them to this movie premiere. So I had to hunt somebody down and give me a jump, start my battery. I finally was able to because I left so early in the morning. I left my headlights on. Wow, you know, this is an older, an older vehicle. Yeah. This isn't yeah, 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 automatic. Yeah. They, on, they, they don't <laughs> yeah. turn off. This is an the... older vehicle, <laughs> so you know, I drove an older vehicle, and I had the kids. I was able to make it back to the kids by eleven to take them to the movie. Wow, premiere. you still made it back. Yeah, and I got a phone call uh, later that day from the program director. He's like, "We're ninety five percent sure we want to hire you." 
So what the hell is that other percent? Because they had to post it. They had to post. They had to legally post the job on oh. their publications before they can officially give me the job. Gotcha. So there were like ninety five percent that were going to give you the job, but only ninety five because we got to publish it first. Yeah, yeah. But, and then you got the job. And then I got the job. Sick. So they can offer me the job. And then what was? How was it going into Power One Hundred Six? Were you a co-host? Did you have your own show? Like, what was the I thing? I had my own show. Wow. So they gave you your own show. <laughs> 10, yeah, 10 to 3. Wow. It was the scariest, most like, oh my God, I was walking into my dream radio station. The dream was, that I yeah. would listen to was a little girl. Would you, without knocking the other radio stations that you were a part of, was mm -hmm. this now the big leagues? Yeah, this was the big leagues. So New York is the number one market. Los Angeles was the number two market yeah. in the country. Yeah. In, our, in, in the U.S. So... I was at the number two market in the yeah. country at the number one radio station on the West Coast. On the West Coast, yep. You know, so that was a huge deal, huge deal. So how was it having your show? It was the the best, honestly. It was, I'm so grateful and like, honestly, uh, I grew so much doing that for 12 years. I did it for 12 years. Wow. You know, I think it was probably one of the longest female hosts that yeah. they ever had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe I was like the longest female host that they ever had for 12 yeah, years. Yeah, I can think it's of a long other. time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there for 12 years and it was amazing. It was the most incredible experience. Memories, part of being history, part of history. Yeah. Um, and that just got me to do uh, so many more things. Yeah, that, that I'm sure so many other doors open for Yes, Ortiz. Yeah. Through there. Absolutely. I did Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. Oh, that's right. As a, as a TV personality. Yeah, I got on CBS to talk several times. Um, Jennifer Lopez had a brand new network. She had just launched called Nuvo. She launched a show called The Collective where I was the host. Wow. That was really cool to ha say Jennifer Lopez was my boss. <laughs> that's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah, she's a beast. <laughs> yeah. She's super sweet. When you met her, did, were you say... So I'm muy, muy, muy excited. excited. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. But um, for those have. who don't get that reference, we again earlier Selena. we talked about the movie Selena. J Lo was yeah. the the lead actress playing Selena. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting that a lot of people, I think now the newer generations like they don't understand the icon that mm -hmm. J Lo is. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's she's incredible. Yeah. I love I love J Lo. Yeah. Same. Give me like one one of your. It doesn't have to be the top number one, but like one of your favorite moments of being on the radio at power 106 one of the best what's in that sticks that just uh, sticks out to there's you? so many there's so many it's so hard to choose from i think maybe um i'll show love to the west coast snoop dog came to the station my first time meeting snoop and right away he was like oh no i i know who you are sick like I fuck with you. Yeah. And there was this little bit that I would have. It's called Hold My Purse. It was a Hold My Purse little imaging piece that I would air over a song that I felt like was one of those songs that you hear at the club. You have to go to the dance gotta floor. You got to go to the dance floor yeah. so somebody hold my purse. Like, hold my purse. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> yeah. And so I played that over one of his songs. And he was like, what was that? And I was like, oh, that's my whole my purse joint. And he's like, what does that mean? I go, you know when you go to the club? And, blah, blah. and I start explaining it to him. He's like, yo. He's like, that's the best ever. He was like, I fucks with you. And so I don't know. I just like, I always felt like that was an amazing cosign from someone yeah. as legendary, legendary as Snoop. Snoop you yeah. know? Um, and I've just been very fortunate and blessed to have so many different memories like Did you ever that. make any hold my purse merch? We did a mixtape. Shout out to DJ Charisma. Charisma and I did a couple of mixtapes, and we did some uh, clubs 
uh, around the mixtape like, launches. I feel like you should, you should do something with that whole my person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would resonate now. Do kids like even dance at the club anymore? They just stand around just kind of like... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, have, maybe we're going to have to... Hold my clutch because like they got little clutch purses. I don't, I don't know. know. That's lame. I mean, you might want to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh I man! I want to edit that one out. Okay, uh, I'll keep it just because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> the okay, so that was one of your best moments on radio. What's one of the best opportunities or moments or doors that oh. opened because of being on the radio? Like, what's something that you're like, man? I can't believe I'm here now. So remember Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards? Hell yeah! So he had a soundtrack that came out to that movie mm-hmm. because of. Uh, that because of my show, Quinn Tarantino was a fan. Wow, he was a fan of of my show, and he was um, we actually like, yeah, he cool ass dude. You met him? Yes, we partied. Cool Sick. ass dude. Yeah, really cool ass dude. Um, but because of I, lo- I love watching his interviews, by the way. Like, yeah, like the way he speaks about film and the things that like man, he's he awesome. loves music. That's what he loves music. He's a big music head. But because of um, the Inglorious Bastards, he released a soundtrack and he was doing an autograph signing of that soundtrack at Amiibo Records. And I remember Quentin specifically asked me to host it. Wow. And my name was like an LA Weekly. And that was like the first time I think that my name was in print. Yeah. With the big publication like LA Weekly. Yeah. And, it, you know, LA Weekly is a huge thing back in the day. Yeah. Obviously, it was a huge thing. And so that was like my first time being in print. And have and Quentin Tarantino personally ask me That's to incredible. host it. That's I felt phenomenal. like, what? You know? So I hosted this, his uh, Inglorious Bastard signing at wow. Amoeba Records. Yeah. That was a really That's cool That's amazing. Yeah. It all goes back to music. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there are many more. Maybe we'll have you back on another uh, podcast uh, down the line where we just Talk about Ta- memories. Tell more about memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got some crazy stories. That shit would be amazing. I do got some crazy stories. Yeah. I do. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've done a lot of amazing things. You've, uh, de- you you lived your dreams. Yeah. And uh, you're yeah. still grinding. You're still doing a lot of different things. You do still do a lot of stuff with the community. You also are the talent manager now for an up-and-coming artist who has an amazing voice, Calista. Yeah, Calista so, del Toro, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. She's super amazing, soulful artist. I met her when she was 15. She's um, 22 now, but she's just got such a an, an unique sound. I've been very fortunate to be able to hear artists before they become big. Mm-hmm. I've actually consulted on a lot of um, music that they've written or they prior to their releases, I've been asked to sit in studio sessions and give feedback. And so I feel like I've trained my ear for a really long time to listen to what you, stands out to certain songs and what's unique about the right. artist. Yeah, Callista is that person for me. She's very unique, has a different sound that I'm really excited about. You know, we've been able to do a lot of cool stuff. We've got a new release coming out, and a new song. Um, she's just awesome. You got to hear her perform. Yeah, you invited me to her show. Oh yeah, uh, last acoustic week. and at the mint. You can, yeah, 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 yeah. She had a band. Then she also did acoustic with the guitar. And uh, man, she she's super talented. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and actually, well, I, well, to take it back to when I met you, she was performing at the Lauda event. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I first heard her, but I didn't really get to pay attention too much. I just remember hearing like, oh, I like her voice, but I didn't really pay attention to her substance because I was my production team and me were really busy. Like, yeah. you know capturing the event but um 
so then when you invited me to the show, I actually got to like really listen to her perform. Yeah. And yeah, she killed it. Thank you. Yeah, she yeah. killed it. She's yeah. so good. Yeah, she's really good. We got to, um, you know, she's developing still. So there's yeah. a couple of things here and there that we still got to do. But I mean, I, I mean, I definitely see the the path for her though. Yeah, like, thank it's, you. It's, yeah, I, I see. She she definitely she has it. Yeah. So stream her music, find her music. Yeah, it, her Toro. name is Callista Del Toro. Yeah. So she has new music coming out, and you are officially her manager. Yeah. I'm her manager. Been managing her for now a couple of years, and um, we actually have um, a couple of events coming up. WSS and Converse is doing something special. Uh, Latina Fest. Uh, she just performed for a big company called Belkin. They're Belkin International. They're like the big tech company. Um, and we're just we've got her on some great Spotify editorials, indie Latin, um, ultimate Latin indie. Um, playlisted so she's she's doing really good for somebody just being brand new to the game yeah. developed and just continuing to de develop as we go it's awesome now kind of going from the radio world to now being a manager and Callista is a big focal point of yours now yeah how's that how's that change in the way things work with me yeah, yeah it's been it's been different to be honest it's very similar in a way that like these Spotify's like DSP world DSP worlds you just got to find the gatekeepers like you did What's back DSP? in radio. Digital signal processing, DSPs. Basically, it's how all your music is processed all the, on the different playlists. Gotcha. Okay, so all the different songs. So how the DSP world, DSP world works is very different from, but very similar to radio. Mm. There's multiple, and we're talking about like Spotify, Amazon. Right. Apple Music, um, all pretty much the, all the streaming platforms. All the streaming platforms have different playlists. Right. All those different playlists have different curators. Right. So I look essentially at they're their own. They have jockeys for the playlists. Correct. Right. Yeah, they got their own music or directors and it, yeah. program directors. Yeah. So you just gotta find like the curators of those playlists mm. because once you find those curators of those playlists that's like basically the key to everything that's how a wow. and you know artist yeah. relations a and became their jobs you a and knew who the right program directors were music directors to get their song played on radio so now i'm basically an a and r wow. sorry to say for the digital space, trying to find who are those curators to get them the music and hopefully they love it and they playlist it and we get That's amazing. Streams. I'm going to have to hire you to be a consultant for me because <laughs> I, I, I need to be put on game with some of this stuff. Yeah, it's hard. And a yeah. lot of people will pay companies. You know, those there's those companies like Alpha Pup and DistroKid and TuneCore to, you know, put money behind it and they get distributed to mm -hmm. those um, streaming services. But the thing is, is like, it's great because you'll get distributed to those streaming services, but you know, as an artist, you want to get playlisted yeah. on those bigger right, Spotify. Right, because the playlists are the ones that give you the exposure to new list to new listeners, Correct. which become fans. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, this, like what I've been doing is I just distribute my music, and then I just use my social media to get me plays. But if you can get on... Um, if you can also get on playlist, the playlist will bring audience to you. Yeah. So if you can find out who's running those who's curating those, those playlists. playlists that are popping that have a lot of uh, plays a lot of streams yeah that's those are the key holders 
that's how you get to those there it is. Pla- that's some, that's places. Some knowledge for you guys. Yeah. And me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next time Spotify is doing an event, go to the event, shake hands, do all the things or Apple Music yeah. or whatever, shake hands and find out who those key players are. Smart. You know, so it's very different but similar. So, yeah. you know, um, I was lucky enough with radio to just kind of learn as I was doing it. Right. Digital got introduced in the middle of my career. So right. I learned a little bit. Yeah. But not enough to where I'm like, I know a lot of it. And yeah, because so, the industry is definitely shifting. It's shifted a lot. Yeah. It shifted a lot. A lot of musicians can't even make money off yeah. of digital streams anymore. So I know that there's musicians looking to like start a union and try to get their royalties. It's really challenging. Yeah. It's really hard. That's a so, new, new waters to navigate. New yeah. waters and trying to figure out different ways to earn money and be yeah. creative. So yeah. you really got to be in more of a marketing creative yeah space. like um i tell artists all the time it's like being a dope artist is not enough it's not like, like that's your bare minimum like you have to be a dope artist at minimum and then do a lot more yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and yeah. when you think you've done enough you gotta do even more yeah for it's facts so i have an artist that i'm working with that uh that i signed uh her name's autumn alba and uh like she's starting Oh, and, really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, like that's pretty much the conversations we've been yeah. having. It's like, yo, being talented, being able to make, having a great voice, is that that that's cool. Yeah. But we got to do a lot more. A lot it's like, more. And when you think that we're like done, nah. No. Keep going. It's even more Yeah, there's work. no break time on this stuff. No, I yeah. know. And it's not like we can just go and get um, like viral tomorrow. Yeah. You know? It's not like Some people get lucky, but it's not, it's very rare. And even the people that do go viral out of nowhere, if you don't have enough of a foundation built to capitalize on that, then a week from now, just because you were viral last week, people cannot care about you again. Yeah. So it's like you you have to build a lot more, have mm-hmm. a lot more stuff lined up and be continuously grinding to be dropping content, be creative, yeah. be in people's faces. So that way, if you do get a big spike, then you have other things to entertain with. So they yeah. keep coming back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. It's really yeah. challenging, but it's a lot of work and it's like, you don't know if it's going to work out. You just hope that it's going to work out. Yeah. You're determined to make yeah. it work. Well, I think the people that uh, that don't give up, there there is like, there is it's a combination of, of luck and skill, um, but it's also like for people who have that ambition that, that I, from just from hearing you talk and, and your story today, like you have that ambition that's just like, no, we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll find a way. And, <laughs> I, and I think that's one very important ingredient that people need to really make things happen. And uh, I'm confident things are going to go well for you and oh, Calista. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because yeah. that means a lot to, to, to hear you say that. I appreciate no, that. Well, I'm, I'm excited for everything that you're doing thank and everything you. that Calista's doing. She's going to be on the podcast soon, too. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have her on next week. And uh, I'm pretty hyped about that, too. Get to know more about her and uh, her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you for coming through. This no, is a great conversation. Thank you. I got to bring you back awesome. for the the storytelling. Yeah, bring me back for storytelling. We'll yeah, do that. Yeah. That'll be a fun podcast. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, let let them know where they can find you. Uh, on Instagram, anywhere. It's just Yesi Ortiz. Y E S I. Not Jessica. Not yeah, Jesse. Not Jesse. It's with a Y. Yes. Y E S I O R T I Z. Yesi Ortiz. So you yeah. could just find me there anywhere. So you go by Yesi now? I go by Yesi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I go you by Yesi. You dropped the Jessica. I dropped the Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Only certain friends of mine call me Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming through. Thank you. Thank you guys for checking us out. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yes. Peace.